This podcast contains material that some listeners may find objectionable. It may contain graphic descriptions of atrocities committed during the 1937 Nanking Massacre in China. Welcome back to the Undaunted Women of Nanking, the wartime diaries of Minnie Votrin and Sen Shui Fan. On this episode, some women and girls face the danger of leaving the refugee camp and returning home. Minnie oversees the departure of these refugees and the arrival of new ones, all while falling sick. Sen concerns herself with the acquisition of cod liver oil, as well as more births and deaths in the refugee camp. Friday, February 4th, from the Diary of Minnie Votrin. This is the day of terror for the poor women and girls, the day when they should go to their homes. What the day will bring forth we do not know. We are not expecting to force people to go home. They must take the responsibility. During morning, five girls came over from Bible teacher's training school, saying that camp was disbanded yesterday, that they had gone to their homes, that soldiers had come in the night that they had scaled the wall of their homes and run back to BTTS. They want to come here. We are fearful about taking them, lest we have a deluge, which will bring added danger to the 4,000 or more that we still have. Later in the day, we decided to let them come. If in the next few days, girls who have gone home from other camps find that they cannot remain at home, we will have to receive them and take the consequences. At 10 and at 12.30, two military police called and inspected some of the buildings, said they had come to see if we were all right, although they may have had an additional purpose. We explained that many had gone home. We had 10,000, but now only 4,000. We also tried to make it clear that some of our refugees are from Shanghai and Wuxi and other places and cannot go home until communications open up. That others have had their sons or husbands taken, the breadwinners of the family, and have no means of support. That still others have had their houses burned and have no homes to which to return. At 3 p.m., two embassy police and a Chinese came and asked us to get all the refugees together so they could explain to them the plan of returning to their homes. We suggested that we get those in the science building into the big lecture room, and they begin with that group, and thus take building by building. This plan they approved, but stopped with the first building. It is no easy thing to make a group of refugee women understand. The three points were, one, all must go home, military police, ordinary police, and special district organizations will protect them. There are four special districts in the city. Two, if husbands have been taken or homes burned, or if they are very poor, 
They should report to the special district organization. Three, hereafter there will be no protection for safety zone. Only the four districts will be protected. You must not bring property back into the safety zone. The Chinese man lingered long enough to let us know in a whisper that he felt young women were not safe and that they should remain with us. At 5.30, Plumer Mills came to talk over plans for relief, also reported no forcible eviction in any camp. At 5 p.m., about 200 young women came to Kei Tao to beg to remain. We have had no thought of forcing them to go. Later, when Plumer went, they had quite a demonstration in front of his car, weeping and Kei Taoing. Poor youngsters. The same day from the diary of Sen Shui Fong. Today, we asked the older refugees to return home. For the young women, they can return home if they want to or stay on for several days. As a matter of fact, in our heart, we do not want them to go home now. When you are in this kind of dilemma, you feel helpless. The young girls all beg Voltron to let them stay, not forcing them to go home. She does not want to do so either. These last couple of days, you simply cannot see the young girls, because whenever you see them, they beg you to let them stay. This evening, around 5 o'clock, Reverend Mills came to visit Voltron. When he was about to leave, the young women had quite a demonstration in front of his car and begged to remain. They cried and called out in the mud. No matter how Mills leveled with them, they would not listen. Finally, Mills said no way out, but left his car and stealthily walked home. The young women did not notice Mills had already gone and continued to kneel on the ground until I told them what happened and asked them to get up. They are so worried and desperate. It is really pathetic to see them wail like this. If people go home, women will be raped and men will be forced to serve in the military. Even the old will be molested. Where is humanity? The Japanese are indeed beasts. Saturday, February 5th, Votrin's Diary. Spring started yesterday according to Chinese calendar. Today the sunshine is quite warm. Snow has all melted. Because of inflamed eyes and a touch of tonsillitis, I have been in my room all day. Mr. Wong has been in my office all day to receive guests and to classify the missing men according to professions. If possible, I want to see Mr. Hidarka about the matter. Rest of staff have been working on classifying the data, which they have spent three days of this week in securing. Relief from the International Committee will depend upon our recommendations. How inadequate the staff of trained workers in Nanking is to cope with this huge problem. Five of us spent three hours this afternoon making the recommendations for our group. 
Four of the women who went home yesterday came back this morning. One of these, a woman of 40, in going out of city gate yesterday, was relieved of $3 by the guard, and a little further on in her journey, led off by another soldier to a dugout. When her captor saw a woman of 20 coming across the field, he released her. It is not strange that even the old women prefer to starve on our campus than to venture out back to their homes, or the remnants of homes. Some prophesy that within a week, all will be back in the safety zone. Poor, poor women. What a dilemma to be in. A good many young women have slipped in without even the gate man being aware of it. They are from disbanded refugee camps. Yesterday, we tried to prevent a rush from other camps to ours. Today, we think we have about 4,000 refugees still on the campus, the large majority being young women. To date, we had 37 births and 27 deaths. Five of the latter were adults. Today, we are trying to send girls from lower hall of arts building to room upstairs, and this will enable us to clean the hallway, which it certainly needs. There are girls still occupying the glass enclosures under the stairway, people living in glass houses. This afternoon, the warning siren sounded quite distinctly, and what memories it recalled. Chinese planes were probably going to Chuyang. Now for Sen's diary of the same day. It is snowing again. The refugees cannot go home. It is wet from head to toe. How can they leave? Two military police came to inspect. Some people left, but not too many. We have no heart to ask them to leave, and it is hard on us. Among the ones returning home, some young women came here for refuge. We have to accept them because we cannot let them be molested outside. If the Japanese use weapons to force them to leave, we will be helpless to intervene. Now there are many babies, about 30, taking milk powder. Several of them were not born on Jinling campus. One three-month-old baby was fed with rice porridge and is skinny like a tiny cat. Really ugly. Some babies take milk powder and cod liver oil too. There are already several dozen adults and children registered for cod liver oil. More applicants are coming. The International Committee asked me to start the program here to distribute cod liver oil, and then it will give the supplement to other camps. Sunday, February 6th, from Votrin's Diary. Spring began February 4th, somewhat warmer, sunshine, some new spring birds chirping about. Seems too sad to have spring return. Staying in today because of eyes. If it were my left hand, it would be better, then I could at least read and write. Only one soldier called today, 
Mr. Wong took him around. They say people must leave campus by February 8th. I doubt if they will do anything drastic to us, because our camp is different, mostly young girls now. Fine meeting this afternoon. Miss Wong spoke on story of prodigal son, how the young girls love to sing. They begged Miss Wong to teach them. Yesterday, Blanche and Mr. McCollum took two of our old men refugees over to the Science Research Institute to live to see if they can prevent the remaining biological specimens from being destroyed. The men were quite willing to go and are so old that they can hardly be accused of being young radicals. Think of the work lost when the great herbarium was destroyed. Lewis called this morning and gave instructions on proportion of milk and cod liver oil to feed to undernourished. A little later, Plumer called and gave us $300 for use of refugees, $100 to be used as gifts, and $200 to apply on a loan fund, which will later be $500. The committee feels that direct relief is needed so badly that they cannot set a fund aside for a school, although they approve of the idea. Many heavy bombers have been flying over city today. Sunday, February 6th, from Sen's Diary. These last couple of days, Voltron has had eye problems. I asked her to rest in her room. Every day, young women come here. I have no time to check them. There's fish for sale on the street. Very inexpensive. So we have fish in our meals daily. And my small grandchildren are very happy. When they have fish, they eat more rice and faster. The report has said the tents on Shanghai Road have been dismantled and will be moved to places assigned by the Japanese. The Japanese want them to return to the city south so the soldiers can do whatever they please. This area is in a safety zone, and many foreigners are here. The Japanese soldiers cannot do as they please. All the tents are ordered to be dismantled by the 8th of February. Otherwise, the Japanese will dismantle them themselves. On our next episode, we hear more accounts of the mistreatment of older refugees who have returned home, and of men who have gone missing. Votrin observes the beauty of a nascent spring, despite the ongoing horrors endured by the refugees. Sen hears rumors of the Chinese nationalist troops approaching Nanking. Thanks for listening.